Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. We are coming off of a prayer and fasting time that for some may have felt like a spiritual high. There was this intensity to our prayer time. There was a buffeting of our bodies as we locked in for our fast. There was lots of disciplines that we had, high expectations for God to do breakthroughs in our lives. And sometimes whenever you're feeling big time, high spiritual moments, coming down off of that mountaintop can be a little bit of a culture shock. Or it's just a different kind of take on what we were doing. We were intense, we were serious and focused and after it, and then it's over. And you're eating pizza and your ice cream and not showing up at 6 a.m. to pray and just kind of getting back into the normal flow of life. I was so pumped to be done with the fast. Alyssa and I, Wednesday night, we stayed up till midnight. And at 12.01 Thursday morning, we did it. We had ordered at 8 o'clock a pizza from Bad Dad's, let it sit in the kitchen on the table for four hours, smelling it, looking at it from time to time. And then we ate it, and it was amazing. And whenever we come off of these moments, anybody you've ever been like away, like on a church retreat, and you make all these new commitments, and you're fired up, and you're excited, and man, this is the way I always want to live my life, and worship, and in prayer, and, and in fellowship with my spiritual family. Maybe you go away on a conference, and the speaker just grips you, and you're fired up, and they, they cast a new vision for where your organization is going and you're going to make all these new decisions and changes for your company. Man, I'm just so fired up. And then after that conference high kind of wears off, we just go back to who we were previously. And so this morning I want to talk, how do we sustain, not necessarily just trying to sustain a high, like it's a heightened sense of emotion, but what we're trying to build is momentum. And so how do we sustain momentum when something is moving and it's gaining ground and it's gaining speed and it's moving in the right direction to not let it fizzle, but to fight the fizzle, to really make sure that we can sustain what God is already doing inside of us. So this morning we're going to be talking about this idea of momentum and how do you do momentum management really well? to make sure that we stay on point. To speak scientifically, momentum is P equals M plus V, okay? That's about as scientific the depth that we're going to go right there. The, the P is the mass production, and it equals M plus V, which is, uh, I'm sorry, is, is momentum production equals mass plus Velocity. So you take something of size, you begin to move it at a certain speed, and it is going to cause an energy that we call momentum. 
There are things that if you don't have momentum, you can easily get blocked up. You can easily get stopped. My dad has a 36-foot camper that is 8,000 pounds. And he keeps it in the same position. He keeps it locked up with a little block of wood. Isn't it fascinating? And this massive piece, it's a house on wheels, won't go anywhere whenever this little guy is put right in front of the tire. Isn't that interesting? I'll put this right here, and this massive structure will go nowhere because the mass does not have a velocity of speed that's going in the same direction. So it'll just sit right here. It will not move. But if you take that mass and you send it down the highway at 60 mile an hour, it will turn this block of wood into sawdust just like that. You can put a block right just like this in front of a freight train that's parked and that freight train is going nowhere. But you send a freight train down the railroad tracks and you can put up a cinder block wall in front of it. And it is going to bust through it and just keep on going. It'll be like throwing pennies at a freight train. It does not matter. It's going to just fly right on by it. There is something to be said when we are moving, when we are going to sustain an edge and a hunger and a fire and to stay disciplined and to stay focused and to stay intentional, not to back off when it's getting good. But while the getting is good, to stay getting after it. And so even though perhaps we're not showing up at six or we're not still in an intense fast, we still should continue in the pursuit of being men and women of the scriptures, of having worship go on in our homes. And, and we have music that is playing of worship that leads us into the presence while we're washing dishes and making dinner and folding laundry and driving to work. We're maybe listening to the word of God as washing over our minds and our mindset. And, and there's just a, a continual consistent pursuit and even though the structure that was provided for us for 10 days has lifted we need to own some personal discipline and responsibility because it's going somewhere and move with us church family because I don't want to back off now and what I don't want to see happen is for us the Fairmount Friends freight train to be moving and there's these little tiny stumbling blocks that we just can't seem to get past there's these little kind of foxes that nip at the vine that we just, man, we can't even handle these little things. This some, something comes up in our marriage and man, we're just, it's just so messed up. Something kind of comes up in, in uh, my personal life and I'm just completely thrown off board. No, there's so much momentum that I'm flying on through it. John Maxwell says it this way. Usually the problem is not the problem. The problem with moving forward is the lack of momentum. Momentum makes problems much smaller. You're able to power through what perhaps you weren't earlier, you weren't able to do at an earlier time. There's something to the power of momentum. Anybody ever seen one of these? 
Anybody know the name? Just say it. No? This is called Newton's Cradle. Newton's Cradle. So you can have multiple, you know, amount of different balls. This has five balls that are suspended in the air. The idea is that you take one and you pull it away in, um, in a pendulum sort of a fashion. And here this mass is going to begin to swing at a velocity that's going to connect with these other five balls just to create a little bit more suspense. I'm not going to do it. Only because I did so much research on this thing, I actually want to tell you about it first. So this ball is going to swing and it's going to hit another ball. What this ball does is it does not move, but it transfers energy to its buddy. Now the transferred energy is all absorbed by the next ball and it will not move. Unmoved. And it transfers energy to its buddy. And this one absorbs it all from this line, from this generation to this generation to this generation. It receives it. And it transfers energy to the next guy and he launches out in this pendulum sort of a way. And he's like, you actually hear it. These are singing. No, I'm just kidding. So it's going to swing out, and then guess what it's going to do? It's going to come back and boom, 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 and it's going to transfer energy back and forth, and this is momentum. Are y'all ready? Here we go. This is the number one selling executive toy on the market today. <laughs> this sits on CEO's desks while they contemplate the meaning of life and they watch these pendulum balls. And you'll notice momentum over the course of time. You guys in the West Wing are really looking really intense. I'm going to bring it over here for y'all. Y'all ready? Okay, here we go. We're going to do this whole thing again. All right, here we go. Huh? Yeah. And so what has happened, this transfer of energy, and if it doesn't stay, um, if we don't do it again and have to revisit it and do it again, eventually the momentum will fizzle out. It just won't sustain over the course of time. We can't do a one-time fast and you're just good the rest of your life. There's gonna be sustained, continual disciplines that we just gotta to continue to, to, to revisit. Was talking with Chris, it was Chris here? Um, Chris, was talking with Chris and he said that he and Jane have a vision of every quarter, so every 90 days, doing a nine-day fast as a tithe offering back to the Lord. Nine days out of 90, I'm not going to eat, but every quarter I'm going to revisit this just to kind of make sure I stay. I just stay in that crock pot and marinate a little bit longer with my life just to continue to stay focused in a season where I can get this transferred energy into my life so it just doesn't fizzle out. 
We're going to jump into the Bible here, and there's a couple different passages we're going to be. Matthew 16 is going to be one, and Acts chapter 2. Both of these are in the New Testament. They're about two-thirds of the way into your Bible. Or you can read along on the screen with me. Check this out. Now, when Jesus came... (laughs) How cool the four words are, though. Now... When Jesus came, so now check this out, the mass has now entered the scene. The mass is about to move some things. The mass is going to create some velocity. The mass is going to create some momentum. There's going to be a transfer of energy that's about to take place. So the mass showed up into the district of Philippi. He was asked And he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say that it's John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, or the, or the, uh, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There are, in our lives, there are momentum makers. There are these things that make momentum happen. They push us and thrust us forward. Let's identify a few of the momentum makers that push or launch our faith forward. Perhaps it's our church life. It's Sunday morning church. It's worshiping together with a spiritual family creates momentum. Maybe it's hearing the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God provides that movement inside of you. Maybe it's men's group or women's group, a life group, youth group. It's these places where I come that this mass hits me and it's moving me forward. Perhaps it's your Bible reading plan. It's going through the the Word of God in a year. Maybe it's serving and diving in. Maybe it's serving on a committee. It's serving at a in, in our church or in our community. It's getting plugged in somewhere as a volunteer. You feel like now there's movement. I'm not just a consumer, but I'm also giving back in a way. Serving, participating in prayer and fasting initiatives. Perhaps it's in our personal life. It's sharing our faith with others. Maybe it's being intentional with my coworker. Maybe it's being intentional with my neighbor and I don't have to go across the sea to do it. I can just go across the street and do it and be super intentional. There's, there's a movement that's coming. But if we don't sustain movements, it just continues to fizzle out. I've got to revisit the original encounter. I got to go back to the rock that created all of this line of transferred energy to me. i got to have an encounter with a rock. So Peter has this encounter with this mass named Jesus, and the encounter was so intense that it moved him, and Jesus actually calls him, Peter, you're the rock. 
You are the rock, and upon this rock, Peter, the revelation that you know that I am the Messiah, the Son of God, upon that revelation, I'm going to build my church. And when we launch this thing, Peter, it's going to be you. And you are going to hit the next ball that's going to hit the next ball that's going to launch something for all of history. Can you believe that that one encounter that Jesus had with Peter, and then there were sustained encounters, right? He was constantly with these guys, firing them up launched something that still lasts today, 2,000 years ago, the church. What an encounter to move where we are today. So now we look at Acts chapter 2, and in verse 38, this is the birth of the church. We see that there's a handful of disciples that are left over by a handful, I mean 120 of them, that are left over, that are all in the upper room. Tongues of fire are coming down. The Holy Ghost is moving. There's a massive move of the power of God. They're having an encounter. And this mass encounter is moving them in a, in, a, in a forward motion here. In verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message, they were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That is a move, isn't it? There was such an encounter that moved this one man to make an impact on 3,000. As I look just on the other side of these doors at Fairmount, We've got about 3,000. What if God so impacted a place and a people that it wasn't only just us in attending church, but it was a movement that was so intentional with everywhere that I go and every person that I meet and every move that I make and every meeting that I'm sitting in, I'm believing God to be able to speak and to move, that, the, that, the, that God is always a mass that is on the move. And he's wanting to hit me right now to move and to move and to do the next thing that he wants to make an impact. What if? What if he wants to use me in my high school and in my class and, and in that locker room and on my sports team? What if he wants to use me in college and in this certain setting that I'm in right now? What if? What if that rock comes and so impacts my heart that I can't not do something? I, I, I have to be moved by it. What if, what if the, the, the rock that hits you is so intense that I'm no longer satisfied with attendance? Oh, there's so much more. God, make my life matter. Provoke the inner freight train. Why do I get caught up on these old little sin patterns and why is it that this thing can stop the massive move of the church from all we do is just entertaining Christians? Where we come in and we have our services, but God has called us to change the world. But this little thing, whatever it is, maybe it's disunity, or I didn't like how he said that, or they didn't use my idea, or I wish this, or I wish 
that, or I've just got the same sin patterns that constantly lock me up. I've been dealing with for years and years, but I can't get over it for whatever reason. I need some sort of an encounter thrust to help me power through. And Peter has this encounter and Jesus says, I'm going to build something with you, Peter. I'm going to build the church upon you. You rock. And he begins to identify him and speak to him. And I get a new identity and a new calling. And the spirit and the power of God comes upon you. And all of a sudden, boom, a movement, 3,000 people. Let's go to another chapter in Acts chapter 4. It says, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, they came up to Peter and to John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because, uh, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Getting thrown into jail would be a momentum killer, wouldn't it? Man, we are on the move. Things are happening Things are, are moving, and you ever felt like, man, life is good, it is moving, it is, oh, it's so awesome, and then, what in the world just happened? There was a momentum killer, something jammed everything up along the way. At that point, what we need is a momentum swing. We use this term in sports. There's a momentum swing that's happening. A momentum swing is whenever the energy was once going in one direction and now all of a sudden it has shifted and the energy is going in a different direction. In coaching basketball, you can see it, you can feel it, it's so tangible, you almost can touch it. You're like, there's the momentum and it just shifted. It just went. You can totally, the crowd knows it, the crowd actually feeds it and builds into it. The cheerleaders are into it. You, f you just, all of a sudden, you got some more sustained energy. You're like, man, I'm dog tired, but gosh, there's a different engine that's taken over right now. You can feel it. Many times when the momentum shifts, it's when our play gets sloppy, dribbled off our toe. We just don't have disciplined shot selection, so we're just throwing up whatever. Turnovers. Didn't have discipline in getting the box out, so they get an offensive rebound and a put back. They get extra possessions. Something like this happens. And all of a sudden, what once was moving in the direction of winning just got a little loose and a little sloppy. And all of a sudden, shoop, game over. Because now instead of them playing with five, it's like they're playing with ten. They have just doubled it up. Now they've got the crowd. They've got everything. Even the cheerleaders are like, dude, I can't cheer you up on this one. This is... This is rough out here. Like the, the, the impossible thing is to try to provide any cheer for you right now. And the, you can feel it. And I've also been on the other side when the, the, when the momentum shifts for you. And sometimes you got to get a timeout. We got to recollect, reconnect, re-engage re and say, okay, I got to get a timeout here. This isn't working. Okay, let's reevaluate. As I'm reevaluating. My, my life, my marriage, man, I really want to go here. This is the vision. This is what winning would be. And man, the wind is at our face. The wind is not at our back. And we do not have momentum to bust through these brick walls. Okay, I got to get a timeout. I got to start making some disciplined decisions. And, and 
to sustain the sizzle and to fight the fizzle. I feel like Snoop Dogg right now. <laughs> sustain the sizzle and fight the fizzle is to get a timeout to start making some really disciplined decisions. I got to make a really sharp bounce pass. I got to go back to the disciplines of, of my defensive stance and, and my help side defense and, and how do I close out and all of these drills that we got to go. I just got to go back to my disciplines of Bible reading, of coming back into fasting and disciplining myself, of getting back into worship because it got a little bit sloppy, but man, I was feeling so good at one point. I got to sustain the momentum. I got to come back into the presence where I'm strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the times that you might be able to see resistance in sports is whenever you've got a 95 mile an hour fastball being thrown right at you. Anybody ever had that happen? Kurt, what's the, what's the fastest pitcher you've ever faced? Not, can you imagine? So it's something that's approximately this size. Coming at you 90 mile an hour, right around this general section area of your body. And they've, they've got 60 feet, what is it? You've got 60 feet. That thing is coming on you now. And you've got to make a decision. Do I let it pass? Do I swing? Where's the, where's the placement? I've got to make a decision. And you're probably going to have something in your hand that looks a little bit like this. And you've got to turn on it. The average uh, speed of a fastball in the major league is 95 miles an hour. If I would throw this at a piece of paper, just like this. Scott, you ready? It's going to hit that little piece of paper and go straight down to Scott's toes. Why? There's a mass, but it doesn't have enough velocity. It doesn't have enough speed. All right, Scott, you ready? <laughs> if, I would throw a, if I would throw a fastball to Scott, he'd be able to catch it. If Nolan Ryan would throw a fastball to Scott, the fastest pitch that Nolan Ryan has ever thrown is 108 and a half miles per hour that is like a rocket coming out of your shoulder and it's on you in just a couple feet and you've got to make a decision people that fail at baseball 75% of the time go to the Hall of Fame because it's that hard they say the hardest thing in all of sports basketball golf football baseball the hardest thing in all of sports is to hit a major league fastball it's the hardest thing you fail three quarters of the time and you're awesome that's pretty good that's doing good if you can bat you know 250 300 like that's really really good what's amazing is is whenever you don't get jammed up by this thing but you use the tools that you have and you turn on whatever adversity is coming your way, did you know that you actually create faster momentum 
coming off a ball. It's coming at you at 100 mile an hour, let's say. And you swing that bat. Juan Carlos Stanton, that whenever the ball hits the bat, it's called exit speed. The, the exit speed of Juan Carlos Stanton is 121.7 miles an hour. You throw it at me 95, I'm sending it back to you at 120. Whew. Is that wild? Aaron Judge, 121.1 miles per hour. It's ripping right back at you. So as a, as a, as a pitcher, your final move is this. And that ball's coming right at you at 120 mile an hour. I don't know which would be the tougher thing in sports, is to hit it or to not get hit by it on its way back. It's intense. But guys, I'll tell you, whatever is coming our way, we've been prepared. We've got tools. We've got to stay in the game and stay in the batter's box and handle it when it's coming our way. And I just want to encourage us, stay in it, whether it's disciplines or it's prayer or it's, or it's Bible intake or, it's, or it's, it's serving or it's journaling, whatever those things are, stay in it because 2023 is going to come whether you're ready or not and let's be ready and fully engaged for this. And I'll tell you, the more that you stay with it and the more speed you have, the more you'll be able to bust through those little temptations. You can bust through. Maybe what is it in your personal life? You're like, man, I am still here. And I can't bust through in my health. I'm just so easily tempted. My freight train is being stopped by this little block called sugar. And I can't power through it. I need some discipline. I need the Holy Spirit powers. And I'm serious. Holy Spirit, would you help me become disciplined? Maybe for whatever, it's that TV show. And it sounds silly, but it really is a stronghold. And I have to watch this show each night. And it's locked me up. I can't do anything else. I have to do this. And I need to power through. So here we go. There was something. Literally, they're locked up. They're in jail. And let's see what the Holy Spirit did. In verse 4. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law, they met in Jerusalem, and the high priests were there, and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and the other high priest's family. They had Peter and John. They brought before them, and they began to question them by what power? Oof, what a perfect word. What is the energy? What is the momentum? What is the thing that helps you guys bust through here? Or what is the name that you do this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, uh, if we are being called into account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and who are being asked now how he's healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead. That is the man that stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. We got to figure out what's the stumbling stone that God wants to turn into the cornerstone. This is the thing that always has tripped me up and, and, and stumbled. I just stumble my way through. 
And Jesus says, Peter, you've been a stumbling stone, but you're going to be the cornerstone. Here's the thing that's been the, the, the heaviest, biggest bummer of your life is this marriage. But I'm going to make sure this thing's going to get all dialed in and locked in, man. And it's going to be the cornerstone of your family's legacy is this healed and whole marriage. This addiction that you just can't bust through, you just can't power through, the Holy Spirit is going to help this freight train power through it with the momentum of heaven. Those inner identity issues that are constantly just tripping you up, you just, you're just not, you just don't know who you are and the mark of Christ just isn't just fully concrete in you. Man, that's going to be the thing that I'm going to uh, rock solid, the cornerstone of your new identity. It's going to happen. And so as we wrap here this morning, here's what we want to do. How do I fight the fizzle? Three things that help me is number one, I want to get clear on my vision. Okay, this is the kind of man I want to be that's disciplined in my mind, in my body, in my heart, in my spirit, in my relationships, in my, maybe it's for you, in your organization, in your family, in your business, in your department that you're leading. I got to get really clear on a vision. Clarity is king. Number two, what are the daily, disciplined, driven, determined decisions every day? And they're non-emotional. I just got to. I got to get up. I got to do this decision. It has, it's zero connected to emotions. It's fully grounded in truth. The truth is, what I have to do is this, this, and this. Number three, I got to lean into a support system. Doing this thing on your own is not wise. Man, who are the people that are encouraging me, that I call, I get texts from? Maybe there's a supporting app that helps me in my Bible reading. Whatever those things are, maybe it's a men's group, it's a women's group that helps sustain my momentum. A support system can be just like this. If I take this West Wing, you guys can play with this all you want afterward. Check this out. I want to do want to make sure that you can see it. Okay. So now, not only just one ball, but watch if I actually do two balls. Check this out. These two balls send two more balls. So instead of one sending one, now these two are sending two. Would you check this out? What if I do three? These three, they send the other three. The one in the middle says, I'm going with the next group. And I just went with the next group, but I, now I want to go with you. And if I do four, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> then four of them go. The power of having some people around you in it with you is super helpful. So, man, I need a buddy. I need an accountability partner. I need a men's group. I need a women's group. Come on, let's not be silly and be lone rangers on this thing. Let's dive into the body of Christ. Let's sustain momentum. Let's get after the vision. Let's make some really strong daily disciplined decisions. And let's see a freight train move through our community that cannot be stopped. Amen? Amen, church family. Would you all stand with me this morning as we close in prayer? Mm. Well, Jesus, we thank you that you have done something here and you are on the move. Lord, we just honor what you're doing. We don't want to miss it. We want to say, I want to be all in, Jesus. 
help my daily disciplined decisions. Help me be one that faithfully walks this thing out. I ask you for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us now. Those things, those little wooden blocks that just jam us up, help us power through, bust through. I ask you for a great support system. Just rally our church family to support and encourage each other. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.